This is Ian Freebairn-Smith, and on behalf of the board, I welcome you to another ASMAC podcast. What you're about to hear is a recording of one of our monthly luncheon presentations recorded at Catalina's Jazz Club in Hollywood. These podcasts feature leading Hollywood composers, arrangers, orchestrators, and musicians talking about their lives and music. Now for my first ballad, I'm going to sing. <laughs> Welcome, Asmackers, and uh, the cream, I gather, of the arranging group well, in I, I Los Angeles, Hollywood. Ba, 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 ba. Anyway, and now I'd like to introduce and call up to the podium Tim Samanek. And, and Ira Hershen. You have to applaud as much for him or he'll, he'll sulk. MC for our special luncheon with the men who write the music. Okay. All right. Uh, really glad that um, Tim. Really glad everybody turned out. Um, it, you know, there's this whole thing about music isn't what it used to be. You know, it's like everything is can. But the truth of the matter is, is that there's some great music around, and it's been a privilege to be a part of it for a long time. And um, um, it happened this year, the Oscar show. They were trying to do something different. They hired Michael Giacchino, who's you know, who's a uh, um, principal. Um, how do you describe your... Charge, Whatever you want to call me. Charge d'affaire mm -hmm. is Tim Simonek. And um, what happened was is that they wanted to put an orchestra on stage and not do it the way they've been doing it. And the result was, I think, really terrific. There were over... Uh, um, there were 20 arrangers that worked on that show in the space of just over two weeks. And um, I'm going to let Tim... Uh, he's going to introduce them to you, and then what we're going to do is rather than have a big panel of guys up here, uh, we're going to open it up, we're going to ask a few questions of the guys, and we have, I think, a mic. Are there mics out there? Yeah. Okay. Whoever's roaming mic, man, you, we'll let you know. First of all, I'd like to, I, I, I think we have a, a great contingent of everyone, uh, minus Sammy Nestico, um, who has a very bad back, and um, we tried to get him here, but he does live in Carlsbad, and a, 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 it's a pretty long car trip. So, But we have an, an amazing contingent. First of all, why don't you all stand? If you I, can. I can mention you, but um, I'd love you to stand, too. I will mention you. So all the arrangers, please stand. So everybody can see how many guys were involved. Jack, Pat, Perry. Bill, Willis, Brad, Ralph Carmichael's there somewhere. Stand up, Ralph. Thank you. Harry's standing, he's there. So what happened is Michael, I was at his home for dinner in November, and he says, I got some news for you. You never guess what happened. He told me, he said, I got asked to do the, he said, first of all, he's friends with Larry Mark, one of the producers, and Larry Mark said to him, how would you do the Oscars? And Michael said, I put the band on stage like the Coconut Grove and do big band music and make it exciting. And they said, that's just what we wanted. You're gonna be the music director. And so this was two nights later, I'm sitting with them and I go, okay, this is great. I love big band. I'd love to write a lot of the charts, but let me go after some of my heroes. You know, let me go after some of the people who I have so looked up to. You know, 
And that's what I started to do. I didn't get to all of them. Johnny Mandel's here today, and he was on the, one of the guys busy. But, you know, when it, when it comes to George Calandrelli, Pat Williams, Willis Holman, Ralph Carmichael, Harry Betts, Jack Hayes, I'm probably going to leave somebody out here. And I, I, Jorge Calandrelli, thank you. Keep yelling out the names. Um, and then, well, those guys too, but I was thinking of the more rarefied air guys, the, the real, the veterans, you know, and I said, wow. I said, I'm just going to call these guys and see if they'll do it. And 201, all these, all these amazing talents were very excited to do it. And, you know, just to their credit, one thing I, I think I learned, you know, that I may never be the arranger these men are, but I, I hope I get a good touch of their humility because these were incredibly gracious, humble men who were amazing talents and yet didn't act like it, didn't, you know, didn't have any attitude. And it was, to me, it's like, okay, that's something to work toward, you know. So, but it was, so we got, we got everybody together and it, uh, it was a lot of fun. We got to do a lot of film music, but done all big band style. And uh, that, was, that was the start of it, so. Um, what we're going to do is, in, in as much as we have a lot of us in here who might want to share their experiences, we're going to ask like if there's a question answered to keep to a couple of minutes each, so that everyone who wants to, you know, we, we involve everybody. You know, so um, I'll ask Tim the first one, and we'll start. Okay. With Tim, um, when you were you guys were confronted with this project. What do you think your the biggest challenge was uh, for you in assembling it, putting it together? I didn't look at it as a challenge. I looked at it as an amazing opportunity, and I was okay. just hoping. What was the biggest opportunity? <laughs> I was had? just hoping when I cold, cold call, though I'd met Pat Williams once and Willis Holman and, and a lot of these gentlemen, that when I'd cold call them that they, you know, that they would be receptive to it, and believe me, they were, and that was exciting in and of itself. Of all the one, people ask me, you know, lay people who aren't involved in music and know, who knew I did the Oscars, what was the be best experience? And, and I, I honestly didn't say, well, standing in the wings and seeing, you know, Robert De Niro or, you know, I didn't say that. I said it was the opportunity to work with some arrangers who, who, you know, represent the best that I know and the chance to meet them as people, to work with them, to actually talk through a chart. I said, I can't put a, you know, I can't put a price on that. That was great. So that's my, so it wasn't a challenge. It was just, if I call these people, are they going to do it? And, and, and my friends like Brad Dector and you and that, that, you know, we involved so many different people and it was great. I, um, and I always say the reason why I, and this is not, this is not false. Um, this is the truth. The reason why I'm in the music business is Ralph Carmichael. Um, cause I was a little church piano player. And this man pioneered contemporary Christian music, and rather than just play church music the way we'd always played it, I went, wow, all those changes and those rhythms? Cool. And it kind of got me into the whole um, arranging, and it got me into writing, and it got me in eventually here. And, uh, and I have Ralph to thank for that. And he's there. So, Ralph. So I'll give you the first question, Ralph, because uh, whoever's got the mic, run over to Ralph. <laughs> um, tell me what happened when I called you to do this, uh, your reactions and anything you want to share. It was a, a surprise and a thrill 
and I'm embarrassed to say that I've been bragging about getting that phone call uh, from that moment on, and I get a little more respect from my grandkids. <laughs> and thank you, Tim, for your friendship and for your uh, trust. Uh, it was a, a fun thing. Uh, the um, uh, I, Maybe I shouldn't admit this, but... Uh, do you remember the feeling that you had the first time that you went <clears throat> into the studio, the, the night before you went into the studio with uh, 40 men from the AF of M? The, I got to tell you, that that's the same feeling I had the night before that Sunday pre-record. Mm -hmm. I was just like a kid again. <laughs> I guess you'd call it sick to your stomach. <laughs> But it, it really, it was a fun thing. Thank you for calling me. You're very welcome. Thank you, Ralph. Tim, um, would you describe a little bit of the process of how music was, was taken? Well, Michael, Michael is in the process of moving, so he doesn't really have an office, so his office became my dining room. And, and he was there, and Janet and his, his assistant, Andrea, and they were talking music for the Oscars, and we got to actually put input. And he was coming up with this big list of songs that we wanted to do and what would be good ba big band. It was great to have him there because I, I could, you know, and so that was part of the process. Huge list of songs. And then I, you know, I said, I'll take care of who gets what because I, I did know I was at least on a pretty conversant level on, on the strengths, not that these guys had any weaknesses, but who would be really, really good for this. I remember, I'll talk about Ralph's quickly because he was so, we did this chart of Moon River, he did this chart of Moon River and it was smoking. I mean, it was so fast. And I know he said he was nervous how I was gonna play down. And, and I, I don't know how he could be nervous how I was gonna play down because the first time they ran through this smoking hot, what looked to be fast chart, it was written so well. It played down. The players made about two, you know, two little notes, couple brass, um, couple brass discussions, and boom, take two was ready to take. And uh, it was an amazingly wonderful chart of Moon River, which um, we play tonight. We'll play it on the way out um, of, of some of the great charts written by everybody. And um, I, I just remember that. And you were worried about it too. And boy, I, I think one of the things I, I noticed with Ralph and, and, and all of the arrangers, Jorge, Pat. Bill, Willis, and, and, and Harry, is when you're orchestrating Jack, of course, Jack's the first guy I recognized it with, the charts just play down so well. I don't care how hard they are, they play down. They just, the veteran, the, these incredible talents and these veterans just write it in such a way that, you know, it's not, the players don't, it's not, you know, voodoo. The players figure it out. One tank through, discuss some things, and boom. Same thing with yours, I Will Wait For You, Pat. I remember thinking we had done Pat's I Will Wait For You, and then we did Sammy's Cabaret, and I felt after those two charts, I wasn't really conducting, I was just a listener in front of the orchestra on my headphones, just listening to the band just blaze these beautiful charts, and I go, I felt like I was a student again. I felt, what's the range of a tenor sax? You know, I, I, I really did. I, I, I said, it, 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 and I think every young writer being, you know, young, mid-age, mid like Brad, myself, Larry, um, Ira, you know, it's like you hear the work of some of these great writers and it's like it makes you want to work all that harder, you know, and knowing that, you know, don't think you've ever arrived because, you know, you've got years here. And let me see, let's ask another question. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Pre-record, um, 
whatever you saw the orchestra, whenever you visually saw them, that was live. Um, and then all the, none of the vocalists were, all the vocalists were done live. Hugh Jackman, all the stuff, Beyonce, everything was live. Uh, Queen, La Qu Queen Latifah. But unfortunately, when Michael came up with the idea, I want the band on stage, that logistically became a problem that I would say 85% of the show had to rely on the pre-records because the band couldn't be on the stage because the stage moves and what had to be, you know, they had to be moved back to bring sets on and bring dancers. The, the dance number was pre-recorded, even though the, the, vo the, the live vocals were live. And so, but yeah, I would say, unfortunately, by putting the band on the stage, you, you had them playing live less. And, that's just was a, a, a byproduct of, of, of the planning and how, how it had to be done. Well, thank you. Well, you have a lot of the people here to thank. They, there was a lot of people working hard and in not much time, but then most of us are used to that. Willis, I, wanna, I wanted to ask you something, um, if you ask, answer this, because we, we slammed him with, and, and unfortunately, if, if any of you watched this on TV, you heard, according to Willis and me, 15 seconds of his amazing closing number, which was La Jazz Hot and Cabaret, and they cut away from it. Though I did give him a recording of what was actually everybody at the audience heard, which was it. And that, I, I, I laid that on you like on a Saturday night, you know, in four minutes of big band time, I have to tell anybody, four or five minutes of a chart, you know the, the labor intensity, so here's your chance to get back at me, Willis. Go ahead. Well, now you've put me in a whole different train of thought now. <laughs> um, uh, my first assignment was a, a couple of very short cues, and they were done, and I called Tim back and said, uh, okay, what's next? And he said, well, it looks like that's all. And then, uh, I don't know, set, I guess another call when you called me, and you said, oh, by the way, we need this uh, this closer. It turned out to be a four-minute thing, and uh, uh, I've been writing jazz charts mainly for quite some time, and the uh, deadlines are pretty easy in that. So this brought back the whole terror of the deadline, and uh, <clears throat> so I was just flinging down on paper whatever came. I even got a, a George Shearing section in there, gave <laughs> a little breathing room. But uh, overall, it was a great experience, and uh, I'm sure glad to have had a part in it. And I'm not going to get back at you for okay. anything. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, thank you, Willis. Um, um, go ahead, Larry. Yeah, that sounds good. Cool. Tim, would you, one of the, at least for me, on one of the sessions, um, uh, the first time all of us, on the first session, a lot of us went down there, and, and uh, uh, you know, we did the all-nighter stuff and all that kind of thing, but um, Tim did an absolutely exquisite chart on I'll Be Seeing You for the memorial section. And it was one of the most exquisite things that I had heard, and um, we talked about it, so would you relay how, you know, like the heart of the, maybe it's too personal, I don't know that it is or it isn't, but uh, it was really an exquisite chart, and uh, you could hear the soul in it. One other comment, you know, all of us have done, you know, having to be up all night into the morning and all that kind of thing. What was amazing to me in working this way, and usually when I'm at that, I'm tired, I don't want, you know, it's like, let's get this done, but um, the vibe of the group of people from the first meeting that um, we had was so positive that what I found is that it was absolutely no problem for me whatsoever to get stuff done. And not only that, drive 
down to Capitol and 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 hear it and um, and that went down. I think a lot of us felt that way. So and that's really uh, the spirit of like what was going on there. So if you can, if you're willing, would you uh, talk about like? Well, and Michael, I was handing out a lot of things to the show. I handed out most of it when I had all these wonderful arrangers. And um, Michael said they're going to do something different for for the people of past. They're going to have a singer. Do I'll be seeing you, and I—it's my favorite song, one of my three, four, five favorite songs. And so, how many times you get a chance to arrange? I said, Michael, if I do anything in the show, please let me do that. And the singer kept changing. You know, we went through—I won't name them all. It, w- it was down to Bette Midler, and she didn't want to do it. And then it went to Queen Latifah, got the key, and you know, she did an amazing job. But it, it was, to me, it, and I—I you know, I've talked to the other arrangers. You get a chance to arrange your favorite song. It's. You know, it's something, it's an honor we all love, and I got to do it, you know, it's so, and I did the best I could because I just liked the song so much, and she sang it great. I mean, her first take, which I got a copy of, is pretty, pretty darn good. She felt it really well right away. So, Pat, I got to ask you because we gave Pat a real challenge, and, and this was so cool what he did because Michael wanted stuff big band. So we said, okay, you know, the bet, the Miklas Rosha tune, um, uh, the charioteers, when all the ch- you know the chariots, you know, go in that big. We like that big band. What did you, <laughs> what did you think, Pat, when we threw that one at you? Well, <clears throat> let's put it this way. Um, I, I thought, well, if Billy May can do it, maybe I can give it a shot. <laughs> but I don't know. I'd never uh, written an arrangement of that particular thing, <laughs> so I wasn't familiar with the changes, you know. But it was a lot of fun. I, I, I must hand it to you, man. You, you, you pulled off something that uh, I've been here in this town for quite a long time now. And I've never seen anybody pull together that kind of thing the way you did on the show. It's, it's, it's not only good for the music and the musicians and all that, it's good for the business. It's good for the whole uh, respect thing that people have for what we do. And uh, I think it's a very important component of what's going on now. With all of that said, though, I, I, one of the things that occurred to me was looking around the room and with this generational kind of thing in, the, in this business where it's almost like not exactly apprenticeships, but, but kind of like that, where you meet somebody along the way in the generation ahead of you, and then maybe you can do it to somebody else. But I remember when I was 22, meeting in New York. I just started work in New York, and, and, and in the next town for me was uh, Mel Lewis, the drummer. And we'd go into town every day together. He'd pick me up or I'd pick him up. And he said, there's a record you got to hear. You just got to hear this. And it was an Andex, big band album by Bill Holman. Mm-hmm. And I listened to this thing, and it just completely turned me around. I just, unbelievable. And then I heard the Terry Gibbs book, and then Jerry Mulligan had a big band, and all of that. And all these things were going on when I was really quite young, and they made such an enormous impression upon me. The way Johnny Mandel would write for the French horns and that freaking E-flat contrabass clarinet, you know? (laughs) Stuff, it's just all in the the same room here. It's just very touching, and it's very moving to be in in this company, you know? And thank you for asking me. Well, Um, having uh, dwelled on that, there were a couple of production numbers that mm-hmm. were pretty involved, and um, 
Would you like enlighten the, the group here on like what that went down with that? And okay, uh, two, there were two major ones, and uh, we have all the arrangers here today of that. Well, we're missing one, but I'll, I'll mention her. But um, Bill Ross got kind of, I, I was in charge of everything, and I remember Bill called me kind of sheepishly saying, well, I, I've been asked to do the Hugh Jackman open number. I said, go for it, Bill. Are you kidding? It's one thing, you know, because it was like everything was on your plate, and, you know, the 15 suggestions were coming in a day, and then I saw this Hugh Jackman opening chart, and I'm going, oh, my God, I don't even know about this. And then Bill comes with the call, and he says, David Foster's asked me, you know, to do, be the, and I said, Bill, go for it. And Bill did a great job on that opening, that very funny Hugh Jackman number. And, and took a lot of strain off my hands, not that I wouldn't have loved to have been part of it, but boy, you did a masterful job, and it was one chart out the door to an, another chart, yet another chart out the door to an amazingly competent, wonderful writer, which I kept feeling as I was handing it to all you guys, saying, it's done, I'm not, it's done. It's gonna be wonderful, I can't wait to hear it. The production number, now that was a little more of a mystery, that was Brad and Larry and myself, um, and I'm, I'm in New York talking to Baz Luhrmann, and they're, you know, they keep, he's changing this thing all the time. So he's changing this big thing, and so he finally said, he's talking to me on the way to the airport, and he said, this is my, he's going to change a lot. He says, Baz, I'm going to do is get, just, I'm just get an arrangement down so you can hear it at the session, and then you can take it where you want. So that was a matter of me calling Brad and say, hey, Brad, do bar 56 to bar 680. And Larry, I need, uh, he did the, and all that jazz. I said, Larry, do this and do the woodwinds in this part. And so the three of us were piecemealing this whole thing. And then, of course, Baz changed everything. And then one of a uh, very talented young lady from uh, uh, Booker White's copy house, about four or five of those people working in the copy house, actually, they're probably copying right now, couldn't be here today. And they did a lot of the best score stuff. And Jennifer Hammond did, did came in and had to, you know, jot, jot down all of Baz's things and patch in here and there, and it worked. I listened on Oscar night, and it, it went a little bit from where we went, but it, you know, there, there was a remnant of there was a big remnant of all that we had done. So it was it was kind of, it was fun. I mean, I we enjoy, I think everybody enjoyed the experience. I'm not going to be able to ask all the arrangers all I'd like, but I have to ask. George, I'll ask. I want to ask Jack, and I want to ask George something, and maybe Harry. George. Um, Pardon? Oh, okay. Yeah. Bill's got yeah, the mic. Yeah, I've got the mic. Go, Come on, take man. the <laughs> mic, man. <laughs> well, uh, anybody can talk. I just, uh, I want to say, first of all, thank you for even thinking about me in this room of amazing writers that uh, I got a call. It was incredible. I, If you remember, the reason I called you sheepishly was because when I did get the call from actually Hugh Jackman, um, you had told me you were you. The only thing you really were looking forward to doing was the production number, and I thought this was that production number, which is why I called you sheepishly. But I did want to add one thing, and that is, I think as Mac is really alive and well in one respect, I had come here to see Jack Hayes when we honored Jack, and I had never met Michael Giacchino, and it had been a while since I had seen Tim, and Tim saw me and. It was, it was nice to see him again, and I met Michael, and Tim said, hey, you want to do something for the Oscars? And I said, I'd love to. So, so in a very nice respect, um, it's always nice to work and be thought of. ASMAC uh, brought me that, and I just want to say thank you to the organization. I think that's something that an organization like that this should do. And uh, yeah. And the other thing I wanted to do, I was really touched that Pat mentioned two people he had been really 
honored and influenced by in his life. And I always wanted to tell Johnny Mandel that my favorite piece of music just about of all time, if I was on a desert island, was the uh, music, his score from uh, Sandpiper. I wore it out. Yes. I must have made love to it a million times. And I've always been embarrassed to tell him that. But uh, now that we're in a 12-step ASMAC program, I <laughs> thank you. So I want to just, uh, I, I, it's hard to get to everybody. Um, Peter Boyer's here who did a lot of the, Peter's a tremendously gifted and pretty well-performed classical composer who's been part of my team with Michael, and he did a lot of the more classical things. I know I said, Peter, i got to have you aboard. It's big band, but I know you're going to throw other stuff at us, and you're going you're to be on board. He did a great job. Marcus Sparrow is here, and he played piano for the whole Oscars, but yet was able to do some charts also. And... Uh, and also, uh, so let me ask George, because George Calandrelli, who has, has been my honor to get to know better and work through this, we threw some really curves at you with uh, the Jerry Goldsmith Oscar theme, which is George Swing It. And also, Back to the Future, George, I want it like Glenn Miller. Wow. <laughs> Amazingly, I haven't heard it. I have the CD here, so I'm going to, because I couldn't go to the session, but it, while doing it, it, it was a pleasure because I have a way of listening to my own arrangements in the computer. So in my computer, it sounded great. So <laughs> I hope it sounds as good or better. Oh, it does. But anyway, and the whole thing, you know, working with the music of Jerry Goldsmith and John Williams and, and redoing that uh, the Oscar theme for a big band with strings and everything, of course, thinking of Billy May and all, and all the great, uh, you know, arrangers that have done that. And, and I'm just thrilled to be here, and I can't believe that uh, Johnny Mandel and Pat Williams and Bill Hallman, I'm not going to name all, but I love them all, and just to be here for me is a, is a thrill. That was the most important thing, and I'm delighted that ASMAC could put together this wonderful luncheon. Okay, thanks Thank for you. calling me also, Tim. Thank you. And uh, we had, I, I had heard Harry Betts's work, because at Jack's house, Jack did a... Uh, the 100 trombone album in Japan, and Harry was the main arranger, and I first had heard Harry's name, then Dan Wallen, who engineered all this, said, you ever need a big band chart, you gotta call Harry Betts. I call Harry, and we found out that Jerry Lewis was gonna be, well, Harry happens to know Jerry, and he said, wait a minute, he's this kind of a chaplain freak. Well, tell the story, Harry. Tell how that went down, how you ended up getting involved in the, doing Smile about 95 different ways. That's right. <laughs> when I met Jerry, uh, this was quite a while ago. He had the uh, he had a house out in Bel Air with a movie studio in the basement and saw every Charlie Chaplin film ever made. He he worshipped the guy, and loved loved the song Smile, which is a really a hell of a good song anyway. So we decided to use that to get him on and off, and uh, I've been trying to reach him since then. But uh, I think I will. And uh, but he looks pretty good. I, I don't know. He looks looks a lot better than he did. And Tim, I gotta say just one thing for you. It was such a delight because I know the kind of heat that was on you when you just tell somebody to do a chart and you really don't go into it. You're just kind of relying on what they do. And that's nice. Let me tell you that uh, every time that's happened to me, I've enjoyed it. And every time it hasn't happened to me, I always hate it which come out. So anyway, thank you, Tim. Thank you, Harry. And we have one, the elder statesman of Rangers, though I almost got Russell Garcia to do one. Now, he'd been 92. He would have been the elder. He was in New Zealand, but the speed at which the emails got to back and forth, I just missed him because he was going to do a chart. But it's, of course, Jack Hayes. And Jack was involved. 
And Jack did, uh, Jack did a, yet another arrangement of Smile. So Jack, talk about, because he's done a lot of Oscars, and I told him early, and I, I was one of the first to tell him, Jack, we're, we're doing the Oscars, you know, keep, keep, keep ready. Go ahead. I'm sure happy to be here. <laughs> I can tell you, I'm very impressed with the whole show, which I have been in the past of these shows, and I was so appreciative of Tim calling me to, to join his outfit in, back in a few years ago. And um, I've, I've been enjoying every moment of it. And uh, I, <clears throat> I'm, I'm so uh, completely overwhelmed by your reception. I'm really, really wiped out on account of it. And uh, I appreciate everything everybody's done for me. And it was such a joy for me, such a joy for me to work with all the people I have, orchestrators and arrangers, and all the people involved. And I'm so glad to be in your midst at any time. And I'm, 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 I'm in awe of it. Actually, you can probably tell by my voice. I'm in awe of being in your midst. In fact, I told Larry Kenton on the way here. I says, I, I feel very misplaced because I, I I don't belong here because I'm not famous enough. And, well, no, I mean, I mean that. It's, I, haven't, I haven't done enough. And to justify my position, I'm not put a, trying to put anything on. Keep working, Jack. <laughs> yes. And I, I know a lot of, I, I owe a great amount of respect and charge to Larry. Kenton, who helped me, who helps me right now, and I'm so grateful. And uh, we've become close friends. And um, I'm, like I say, I'm so in awe of this gathering. And I'm, you can tell by my voice. I just, I just can't. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a hell of a speaker, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> So a couple of things. Um, any of the writers from the Oscars, especially our, 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 our wonderful guys that we've made mention of, if you go to the bar with me when it's older, I not only buy you a drink, but the guys doing the video, I, I do want them to get a couple minutes of you. We won't make it long. And then any of you who didn't sign the poster the, of the writers from the Oscar, I think Bill did and Ralph did, but if you could sign it before you go. And one thing I had to tell you about Sammy Nestico since he's not here, um, most of most of you other guys are old school, and we like that. We all learn to write on paper. And I said, Sammy, how do you write? He said, well, I've been on Sibelius since it started. This guy's 86, and he works on software. And he did, do, did all his arrangements in Sibelius, and I have to say that for him because, you know, if he was another gracious man, and, and like I say, getting to meet some of you guys, for me, by far the biggest honor. You were the stars I met, not those people at the there that night so though they, I guess they're stars I'll give them I'll give them that but you guys to me are the stars you guys are definitely the stars Tim uh, just a couple couple of things um, would you describe how you came to what the orchestra the components of how you how you picked what the orchestra was because there was quite a bit as Tim said orchestral music Mm -hmm. that was sometimes lifted, sometimes arranged. And um, it was an issue. I, I, I don't want to call it an issue, but you have to... Well, we started out with grand plans, you know, 14 violins, 
you know, eight violas, six cello, three basses, you know. And we knew we needed a big band and all this percussion and all of a sudden they come back, we can only have 12 strings. Oh, great, thank you. You know, but it ended up being, from what I heard, your typical Vegas show band, which was a big band, a couple extra percussion, and then eight violins, you know, two violas, two cellos. So everybody, most of the guys reckoned back to their Vegas days and made that work. And there were times what, what also happened is what Michael did real clever for the, for the best um, nominees of, of films, he used... Okay parts of the movie where he actually had the whole orchestra he used uh, from Pro Tools the uh, what's the what's the word for the little I can't think of it now stems you use stems and then because the, you know you're doing these films and there most of these nominated films have you know 40 50 strings and we got 12 so he did that and then had us play had this orchestra the strings play live to those stems so that it didn't really sound too thin and it represented what the composer wanted so but it, it was it was a challenge but it was pretty much a big band and when you have Dan Wallen recording, recording as much as two strings it's going to be all right man it really is because he made he can make few sound like a lot and he did and the string sounds great and um, that's all I can say and, and Dan couldn't be here today we did invite him but he, he had a prior engagement so anyway um, one thing I want to there are two things I'd like to say one of the great things, our title of this organization is the American Society of Music Arrangers and Composers. And yes, it does. And um, what we're talking about here is something that, you know, I think everybody's kind of alluded to, is that we were talking about arranging here, not just orchestrating, not that orchestrating is not a fine art, but like the hard part. I mean, at least, you know, um, one of the thing, I won't even say hard, the challenging part, of course, when you're, when one arranges is, is it, how do you cast this in the way that it needs to be sounded? Like, and this is sort of comical. I got quite a few of the play-ons, play-offs, and um, I was sort of, unless you tell me different, the rock and roll guy um, with the band. And one thing was a, an intro or play-on for uh, the theme from Star Trek. So, um they gave me something to listen to as a model, which is sort of a alternative ska. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's a very intense sort of Caribbean thing to do. And so I'm listening to the changes, and I did this, and Brad Dector's there and says to me when they hear it, it sounds like Havana Star Trek. Um, but I did what I was told. It wasn't... Ethnicity had nothing to do with that. But, but, but the point is, is that the idea of taking something like Star Trek and turning it into, or taking, you know, Moon River and making a fast bebop, or taking, you know, is more than just, like, how many guys play unison, you know. It's, and um, so that's what this organization is about. It's about how to arrange, and we got to show what we do. So and for that, we'd like to thank Tim and, and Michael very much for the opportunity, I think. So, you I, I saw I saw your hand up quite. My, my I was trained as a minister, and I know how to look at hands in the audience. And I saw your hands. So yeah, I'm um, asking this question. I'm not going to ask you to accept Jesus. I'm just going to ask you to. You know. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm asking this only because I did uh, several years ago. I worked on the Academy Awards, and I did layouts for the production numbers. Could you tell me who did the layouts on this year's um, production? I'd be very curious because that's like. You know, that's a very intense experience. 
I, you know, I wish I could answer that question. I don't really know. It appeared to be something that was evolving the very week of rehearsals. When we were doing, yeah, because I'm sure it was earlier, but I was just dealing with the music end, so I didn't get to deal with that end. So I, I wouldn't. Could well, you? yeah, but you, did you see like layouts from the rehearsal pianists, or did they have rehearsal pianists? We had rehearsal pianists. I mean, as far as layouts for the, the layouts, the sketches of the of the production numbers. No, we, I never saw a sketch. Really, it was it was so you know it was so last minute and being changed that you know basically I was talking with the choreographer about the songs he wanted and when he wanted them because he kept changing when he wanted them. So I really want and, and if you notice the number, it jumped from song to song. So yes, okay. But okay. I didn't unfortunately get to get to be privy to that. I would like to have seen them. It was surprised to me okay. like everybody else. Go ahead, go ahead there. Any other questions? No, we can do. What? Is we can play a little. I think if you want, you want to play, or you want to. Do you just guys like to hear some of this stuff? Yeah. Okay. Um, no, just play a couple. We'll play a couple things. We can't play it all, but we'll play the first yeah. three for you. We'll play Willis's end of the show, since all of you watching didn't get to hear this, and then we'll play Pat's "I Will Wait for You," and we will play um, Ralph's "Moon River." So if you have the CDs, uh, roll yeah, it. From, why don't we do those three? Let's do those three. It's a great way to go out. It's a good way to end this, yeah. Believe me, and there's a lot of other guys that contributed, so I'm just, I had to pick those three. It's just, they're the first three cuts on it. It's, that makes it it's not like George had about five cuts on it. Larry had one, Mark had one, and it's all there, you know. Ira had one, Brad had one, so, and Bill had one, so, here we go.
wish I had a nickel for every time I've listened to that since the Oscars. <laughs> and here comes Pat's. Amazing, amazing. And now, here's that Moon River. There was so much great work, and this is just a representative of some of it. I, there's so much more work from everyone that we could play, but we'll give, at least give you a little flavor of that. And plus, none of you got to hear Bill Holman's incredible um, thing on the TV show, so we had to play it for you since they cut, cut to a rock tune. So thanks, everybody. And like uh, Just one thing. Remember, uh, I hope that you guys will know that this organization's what, what we just showed you is about. Arranging is indeed alive and well in Los Angeles. Thank you for listening to another ASMAC podcast. We welcome your feedback at asmac.org. This is Ian Freebairn Smith on behalf of the board, and I would like to invite you to attend our events, including luncheons, master classes, and our annual Golden Score Awards banquet. For a complete list of our podcasts and DVDs, please visit our website at www.asmac.org. Many thanks to Larry Goldman of Balboa Studios for recording this talk and to Elliot Barker of Elbar Media for editing it for broadcast.